Our reading this morning is from the 30th chapter of Isaiah. Now normally I say this is one of my favorite readings, but this one really isn't. It's just one that cropped up this week, and I read it, and, and it kind of hit me in a place I was, I was living, and I thought, let's do this. So, it's in mid-scree, in the 30th chapter, mid-screed, that uh, Isaiah, the great prophet, quotes God thusly. For thus said the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, In returning and rest you shall be saved. In quietness and in trust shall be your strength. But you refused and said, No, we will flee upon horses, therefore you shall flee. And we will ride upon swift steeds, therefore your pursuers shall be swift. A thousand shall flee at the threat of one, at the threat of five you shall flee, until you are left like a flagstaff on the top of a mountain, like a signal on a hill. Therefore the Lord waits to be gracious to you. Therefore he will rise up to show mercy to you. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all those who wait for him. Truly, O people in Zion, inhabitants of Jerusalem, you shall weep no more. He will surely be gracious to you at the sound of your cry. When he hears it, he will answer you. Though the Lord may give you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, yet your teacher will not hide himself any more. But your eyes shall see your teacher. And when you turn to the right or when you turn to the left, your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, This is the way. Walk in it. Then you will defile your silver-covered idols and your gold-plated images. You will scatter them like filthy rags. You will say to them, Away with you. He will give rain for the seed with which you sow the ground and grain the produce of the ground, which will be rich and plenteous. On that day your cattle will graze in broad pastures, and the oxen and donkeys that till the ground will eat silage, silage, which has been winnowed with shovel and fork. What struck me about this reading is the beginning part kind of talked to me about the way things are running around in America right now with, with government shutdowns and everyone acting and talking crazy and weird and wild things happening and it seems like the wheels are falling off and and God promises that because we let ourselves get into a state of panic and tizzy there will be panic and tizzy and then he comes down and says still I've got grace and mercy waiting for you and justice and blessings waiting for you. And then he describes what those blessings are going to look like, and lo and behold, it's stuff we've already got. We've got all the food we need in this country. We've got all the care we need in this country. We've got every single one of our needs met in this nation. And so... To me, it's a story of remembering just how blessed we are. Everything promised in here has already been delivered. It's already been delivered, and we are in a place of great blessing. And we shouldn't forget that. We just shouldn't forget that. We need to remember our strength. Remember our strength and act like we're blessed because we are blessed. We are 
wonderfully, wonderfully blessed. And the world is not ending. And things are not horrible. But how do we remember our strength? I listen to a lot of Canadian broadcasting. I've, I've got Sirius in my car, and, and I take it seriously. Um, and and uh, the CBC, the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, does a lot of cool things during the day. And I was listening to a show which was just, um, it's people sharing their experiences. And they have a theme in this show, and people call in with their experiences on this theme. And the theme for this show was uh, being alone. And a guy calls in from America, a worker in Silicon Valley. And he tells a story of many years ago when he was new to a company, he was new to the area, working in Silicon Valley, which you know is a part of Southern California where most of the tech stuff happens. And he was working for a tech firm as a software developer. And his boss and his workmates found out he'd never been to Disneyland. And they said to him, okay, take off at lunch and go spend the rest of the day at Disneyland. That's, that's your assignment today. Go spend the day at Disneyland. Everyone needs to go there at least once. And this guy goes to Disneyland, and he's, he's a software developer. He's not a real outgoing kind of guy, right? Most software developers tend to be introverts and ingoing kind of guys. And he goes to Disneyland alone. And he gets there. And, of course, it's full of families on vacation, and people together, young lovers, and, and him. And he pays his money, and he goes in, and he said, for about the first hour, I just walked around and gawked. I looked at everything, and I looked at everyone else having a good time together. And then for about a half hour, I went around and I made myself a nuisance to most of the employees, asking them questions about the operations of Disney World or Disneyland. So he's walking around on, on a fact-finding mission. And, and then he said, I talked to this one girl in particular who was a ticket taker. And when I said it was my first time, she said, where's your first time pin? And apparently there's a pin for first time visitors to Disneyland. So she puts this pin on him and she gives him this free stuff and says, you've got to go and really try stuff. So he said he went around to a few rides and stuff and then it was on the second hill of the roller coaster, which he was riding by himself, that he suddenly laughed out loud. And he said, then and there, I decided to really buy into my surroundings. He said he screamed like a little girl all the way through the roller coaster. Any little girls in the room, it's a wonderful way to scream. I do it myself. And, and he screamed and laughed and he got off the roller coaster and he turned and he started talking to whoever he saw. He laughed and told jokes and he said, I decided as against character as it was for me, I was going to talk to every person I saw like they were a friend. And if there was an opportunity to ride a ride with someone else, I would do it. And I decided to absorb my surroundings and really get all the joy that was meant to have from them. And then he said, this experience changed my life because I... And the phone rang. I'm listening in my car. 
and I have Bluetooth. And my phone rings, and I look down at the little readout, and it's a ministry call. Now, with Bluetooth, when your phone rings, your radio cuts out. So his life was changed because he... Okay. So, this guy goes out of his element and decides to really be absorbed... I think that's yours. Really be absorbed in his surroundings and really celebrate the life that was around him with the people who happened to be around them even though they were complete strangers and this life-changing event was and the phone is ringing and I'm a pastor and it's a pastoral call and I have to take the call. Because that's my surroundings, right? So I take the call, and it was a good call. It was a call I should have taken. And the the person needed to talk, and and we talked. And we talked for long enough that when Bluetooth went out and the radio came back up, what an amazing story of transformation that was. (laughs) I'm sure it was. And I'm sure the point of the story was something along the lines of him realizing he could apply that technique to the rest of his life. To everything else in his life. At least that's what I'm guessing. And my imagination's pretty good. So I'm going to say more than that. I'm going to say this guy went back to work the next day with a brand new attitude. And the people were amazed at the transformation. And lo and behold, he changed the entire culture of that place just by being who God intended him to be where God intended him to be. I'm going to assume that was the rest of the story. But you see, I was where God had intended me to be, and in order to be who God intended me to be, I had to turn that thing off and do what God had me do. In that place. I had to remember my strength. I had to remember what I was doing. Now, it was right up front in my mind this week because it was 17 years ago today that I preached my candidacy sermon and you guys voted 55 to 1 that I would be your pastor. And a pastor is what I am. It's what I do. And I love doing what I do. And I had to do it at that moment. My My late mother-in-law had a great saying, people before things. Her house was a wreck, but she had a lot of dear friends. People before things. And so it was with me. There's my perfect sermon illustration, and I got an even better sermon illustration. I've got to leave that behind and live my sermon illustration. I've got to be what I'm supposed to be, where I'm supposed to be. I've got to remember my strength, which is the job that God has given me to do. And I've got to do it. So, for you guys, what does that mean? Where are you planted? And what is the strength that you carry? What do you do really, really, really well? Or what do you do poorly, but in such a way that God wants you to do it anyway? Or somewhere in between. What is it that you're supposed to be doing today, this week, next month, 
What is it right around you right now that is calling out for you to remember your strength? We are so incredibly blessed in this nation and in this world. We have all the tools we need to take care of all of our needs. Anyone who tells you differently is selling something. We are not in crisis except for manufactured crisis because we have each other. And God has poured so much strength into our hearts and our souls that we have nothing to flee whatsoever. Nothing to flee. And if enough of us stand up where we are, reach out and help the others who have fallen, we're going to be more than all right. We are going to find that God will bless us even more than God has already blessed us. So your assignment for this week is to remember your strength. Think about it. Think about where God has made you strong. And dwell in that. Stand up in it. And share it with each other. Now, that gentleman at that software firm, I would love to know what he ended up doing. But in truth, I had been given all the information I needed to have. And it was time for me to stop listening and dawdling and start doing and being. Perhaps it's time for you to do the same. Amen.